Welcome in, folks, to the Get in the Hole podcast. Steve McAvoy here joining you in the wonderful world of golf. Joining me this week on an exclusive, amazing interview going all the way back to the high school days when he was a wee little freshman and I was, what, like a sophomore, junior, whatever it was. We were all friendly back in the days. Austin Hill, current assistant golf pro at Quail Hollow Country Club, the home of this year's 2022 President's Cup. Austin, welcome into the show. Appreciate you having me, Steve. It's a, it's a real pleasure. Um, actually, my, it's my first podcast here, but uh, I've done a I've done a lot of uh, of golf stuff yeah, since since our days in in high school, but uh, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, dude, tell me all about it. Um, you started off where at uh, at Mississippi State, right? Yep. Went and from, yeah, so tell, yeah, tell us the whole story. Yeah. I want to hear everything. Yeah. So obviously, Steve and I know each other from back in high school. Uh, I guess yeah. When, I mean, I really met him when I was a freshman, and he oh, was God. a junior or what, whatever uh, it was, but. Seems I, I, like I was too old. God, it seems seems like a decade ago. It almost is a decade ago, which is me and you both there, Steve. It makes us feel old, but that scares um, me kind of. But but yeah, um, you know, I, I actually I never played golf growing up. I was big ba- into baseball and hockey, uh, and actually start only started playing golf in high school. So those are some pretty important days. Uh, looking back, you know, kind of in my career. Uh, High school days is when I found golf and I has become a big, huge part of my life. So obviously, you know, we started in New York, which is, you know, very, it's a great hub for golf. Um, and, uh, you know, when we started looking at colleges and stuff like that, I figured out that there was this program existed to become a, a, a PGA professional. Um, so I knew as soon as I read about that, I knew that's, kind of what I wanted to do. I found my calling, which I find myself very fortunate to have done at a pretty young age and uh, toured some schools and ended up going to Mississippi State University, which is one of 18 schools in the country that offer this PGA certified program to become a PGA certified professional uh, in the golf industry. So it's funny enough, there was only one person in the high school that Steve and I went to before me that had ever even applied to Mississippi State University. <laughs> so, and and that person applied, I believe it was it was 2015 or 2016, which happened to be when Dak Prescott was there. So they were number one in the country for three weeks or something during that year. And I'm assuming, I, I don't know who it was, but it was probably, hey, let me, you know, apply to the number one school in the country. And uh, was like, oh, well, probably, you know, when they were making the, their decision, they probably got beat by Alabama. I was like, you know what, forget it. So, but uh, I ended up going there, and uh, a lot of people were a little shocked that it's like, wow, you're going from Long Island, New York to Mississippi. And I, I was ready for a change a little bit. I, I don't know quite if I realized what I was getting into to move into Mississippi, but I, I took pretty well to it and loved it, embraced, you know, kind of the culture down there as just something different from what I was used to. Mm-hmm. And obviously, was surrounded by a good program we lived all together throughout the entire college experience and uh it was all surrounded by people who were doing the same program this golf program so from all corners of the world we were all brought together by the game of golf um it's a pretty awesome program if you're willing to dive into it uh it's it's not for everybody as a lot of people actually find out when they start i mean we started first day of freshman year we i think we started with like 28 kids and we ended up 
in, in a school, we, we were probably 26,000 at Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. We were a program when I started pretty much throughout my time there was 90 people. And uh, my class starting was 28. We ended up graduating with, I believe it was 12. So, oh, uh, wow. And that's pretty common uh, for pretty much every class. Every class starts pretty large as freshmen and, and people drop out throughout, you know, for various reasons. And some, you know, you, you totally understand some people. Uh, there's a lot of extra stuff that we have to do in this program. We earn a business degree just like any other normal uh student at the school that's going to earn a business degree but we're doing all this pga accreditation of course uh, yeah so, so there, sorry so like what was the journey like then post uh post grad when did you end up at quail hollow what what came beforehand obviously it takes a lot of steps to, uh, in order to find yourself at a big time course like it is uh down in north carolina like that yeah yeah of course so i mean a, a big part of it is this program uh, this program is great so for anybody listening, I mean, if you're interested in the golf industry and you're kind of at that age, I would I would 100% recommend if you're willing to dive in and, you know, you kind of want to try out golf or you know you want to be in the golf industry, uh, I would totally recommend there's 18 schools in the country. All are, of course, you know, they're great programs, uh, but the way they're set up is extremely, extremely well to really network yourself and, and make it, you know, if you're willing to do the work, it's, I mean, this is a pretty common saying in a lot of things, but it's like, you, it's one of these programs for sure that you get out of it, what you put into it. Awesome. So it's, it's set up. And uh, part of the PGA accreditation process is in this university program is we have to do throughout our course of college, we had to do 16 months minimum of uh, internships at PGA facilities while we were in school. So it's really not a four year program. It's more of a four and a half to a, or if you're like me, a five year program. Um, (laughs) But it, but it's set up very well where you are forced is the wrong word, but you do have to do these internships and you are welcome to explore the entire country. And, you know, starting from the first internship, you can go anywhere you want starting at in Mississippi state's case, it's a three month, a six month, and a seven month and they're spread out throughout your four years of, of schooling. Um, so right away it's, you know, we're going to go to three different golf courses and it's up to you to choose, you know, where in the country you want to go, what kind of facility you want to go to, whether it's a private course, if it's a public course, or if it's a resort style course, you know, where they have a membership, but do welcome, Mm-hmm. Some, some public play, whether it's if you're staying at the resort or if you reside in the area. So it's set up extremely well. So I went down to Mississippi and I actually wanted, you know, miss New York as soon as I moved down to somewhere like Mississippi. So I actually did my first internship. I went back to Long Island. I lived at home for three months and I did an internship in, uh, in Jericho, New York, uh, at this place called Meadowbrook Hunt Club. Okay. Yeah, a couple of people know it's a sister courses. Some of the other places you might know that it's kind of membership wise connected to is the Creek Club and Locust Valley and uh, Piping Rock. Mm-hmm. So it's a couple couple good courses connected to each other. I went there. Uh, it was the head professionals last year uh, as a as the head professional before he retired there. So it was good to go to Meadowbrook and get that on my resume as well as head professional Rick Meskel uh, was also good. So then fast forward to the next internship, I was actually looking forward to 
coming back to New York. I was looking at myself as, okay, I'm getting out of my comfort zone is going to school in Mississippi. And uh, I'd like to go back to such a golf hub like Long Island is. And I was looking to go back up there. So I actually was, uh, had an offer to go actually do an internship at Sabonic Golf Club nice. out, out in Southampton. You know, it's one of those courses that's right next to Shinnecock and National Golf Links in Southampton. Um, but the job description, honestly, didn't really quite line up for me. So I actually found myself accepting a job position in Birmingham, Alabama at Vestavia Country Club. So <laughs> quite, quite the switch. But I was able to jump into the golf operation there and uh, really connected with the not only the head professional, but the entire golf staff that was there. Um, I just kind of, you know, they, they kind of saw a little bit of a passion for me. I remember in the interview, the guy asked me, you know, what are you looking to do on your days off here? And I was like, play golf, man. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm here for the game. So, and he kind of loved that. So he brought me on board and I was very, very fortunate to have landed myself there working at such a golf club that kind of just had a pure love for golf and uh, around other PGA professionals that kind of, we are really connected with and were willing to, kind of teach me the ropes uh, at an early age to really get into the golf business. So that kind of connects to Quail Hollow as golf is such a networking industry that uh, our, my head pro, when he was actually fresh out of college, um, worked at Quail Hollow for a few years and uh, kind of saw in me what he kind of saw in himself as he had success at Quail Hollow and actually was kind enough to give a call to our head professional and uh, get me a job as my third and final internship there, um, which was astounding. Originally, funny enough, when I was looking to come to Quail Hollow, during that internship, they were actually supposed to have the President's Cup. So this was pretty much in 2020 when it happened. Obviously, a little bit of a pandemic or hit and uh, the Ryder Cup was pushed back a year, which pushed back the President's Cup as well. So I was actually able to then go on my internship to Quail Hollow and I actually worked instead of the President's Cup, I worked the Wells Fargo Championship mm -hmm. uh, in, you know, May of 2021. I, I say last year because it's the last time Quail Hollow hosted it. Obviously, this year they did not host it. It was up at uh, TPC Potomac in Maryland um, as Quail Hollow was preparing for the President's Cup. But I did an eight month internship there and I lucky enough, I guess I fit in pretty well and uh, was asked to come back full time once I finished my school. So that's where I find myself. Awesome. Sweet. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's a huge honor to certainly be um, at a course like Quail Hollow. And like you had mentioned, uh, didn't didn't partake on the PGA calendar this, this past year. We'll talk a little bit about that in terms of the actual field this week uh, and the President's Cup. But in terms of um, the actual honor it is to serve uh, as the, the hosting course, of a president's cup, granted it isn't the uh, illustrious history of um, the Ryder Cup since it's been, been around for what, 100 years. Um, I believe this is the 14th iteration, so like 30 some odd years, 38 years that it's been in the running. Um, we haven't seen the, the elitist names of the world, obviously because it's more of the international stage rather than just uh, the USA and England, but there's, there's certainly been um, a strong few, Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicholas, Ernie Els, to be able to play uh, in this event specifically. What's the kind of the what's the mantra around Quail Hollow among you, your constituents, other uh, members at the club 
the fact that you guys get to actually host and put on an event as big as this, even probably more grand, um, so to say, than what you do every year at the Wells Fargo or even back in 2017 when they hosted the PGA. Right. Like you said, Steve, you know, we've been lucky enough to uh, host a tournament pretty much every year on the PGA Tour, um, you know, dating back to the you know World Golf Invitational, which was even, you know, last century to what was then the Wachovia Championship into oh, yeah. the Wells Fargo. And obviously was lucky enough to host a PGA Championship in 2017, which was a huge honor for the club. And then leading up to the the President's Cup here in 2022. Uh, it's been a long road of um, for the club and the club's history of hosting a major championship golf. And that has a lot to go to our uh, president of the club. Uh, his name is Johnny Harris. Um, if if you've been watching golf channel a little bit this week, they've done a few pieces on him and uh, past years in Wells Fargo championships. Always kind of uh, reference him as, you know, one of these, he's one of the most influential probably people in the game of golf uh, these days. That is not a direct kind of player or former player on the PGA tour. So it's, it's been pretty amazing being at Quail Hollow working for the, uh, level of, of membership that we have here. Um, I knew I was getting into a, a pretty substantial membership when I uh, started internships here and obviously realized that, especially as a full-time assistant professional uh, these days. But I mean, the more and more you get to know these guys, the more and more incredible they get uh, day in and day out at Quill, at Quill Hollow. Um, and that really starts with our, with our leadership at the top, Johnny Harris. Um, even, his father, John Harris, was they, they've always had a view for Quail Hollow as they want this place to be a site for major championship golf. So they're going to do all they can to make this the best experience for not only the players when they arrive here, but also for fan engagement, which has been uh, a, a really big part of how I've connected and uh, and felt the lore of this this golf course in Charlotte. Um it's, it's been amazing, uh, especially this President's Cup. The way I'm thinking about it is, you know, in a, in a world where a lot's going on these days, um, the President's Cup, you know, it may not be have the same history as the Ryder Cup, but, you know, give it some time and it'll have plenty of great finishes and, and everything like that. But Ryder Cup is USA versus Europe. If there is one positive uh, to President's Cup, it's that it's it's the rest of the world. You know, it's the entire globe that we're that we're going for. Obviously Australia is a very strong golf industry and the Asian market is incredible for the game of golf. So mm -hmm. being able to bring all corners of the globe kind of together through the game of golf is a, uh, gets me fired up as a, as a PGA professional who's just passionate of the state of the game of golf. And, you know, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. It's a, it's a great thing to be a part of and someone in my position. All right. So let's break it down. The biggest thing that everyone wants to know about is how the course is going to play. Uh, what are the pairings going to be? You've obviously watched the practice rounds. Maybe Davis Love, Trevor Illman have kind of hinted at some things. Me and my co-host Ben have certainly been um, shooting back and forth. But starting off with, well, you know, let's start with, with actually the the one side that most people won't even know about going in is the fan engagement side. Like you've been saying, what are some of the things that Quill Hollow is doing to kind of make this event stand out from even what they usually do on a yearly basis? Yeah, so right away, it is the uh, infrastructure-wise, as in, you know, building grandstands and such. It is the biggest build on that the PGA Tour or any 
kind of major golf championship has ever built. And it's by a pretty sizable distance. We have about six, almost 650,000 square feet of hospitality um, for our, which is, which is obviously a large number. I'm not sure I'd have to double check my numbers here, but I did have uh, one of our members mention that I, I'm not sure how sarcastically this was, but for our people in Charlotte, um, he said it was almost the size of square footage wise as a lot of the bank of America tower and actually the, what we call uptown here in Charlotte. So it's a pretty sizable wow. March. It's 50, I believe it's 50% larger than the next largest president's cup. Um, so it, it's a huge infrastructure build. Um, and we're, you know, for a tournament that travels all over the world, you know, they go from Korea to Australia and Canada and a couple places in the United States. Um, surprisingly enough, as great golf as there is in the, uh, you know, Southeastern United States, besides where kind of the President Cup began in Virginia at Robert Trent Jones Golf Club. Mm -hmm. They're coming to the Southeast and it's people from all over the globe. They've heard about Southern hospitality before. And uh, that is not something that our president, Mr. Harris, is going to shy away from. So we made sure, you know, in plans years before that, you know, hospitality is going to be built. There's going to be plenty of buildings, engagement. I mean, we have, if it's four or five, what we're calling uh, fan zones, which are fan engagement zones, such as, uh, you know, they have simulators built in some of the buildings off the holes. They have closest to the pin competitions and putting courses set up on one of our short game areas off of, this is interesting. I'm sure we'll get into this here in a little while off of what I know is number 10 and what we'll be playing as uh, number 16 during the president's cup. They did a little bit of rerouting, but uh, I mean, we're, we're here for it. I mean, we're going to do as much as we can for members to give them the best experience. And that's not shying away from the expected around 60,000 people that are going to be attending Thursday through Sunday at the president's cup. So we want everybody to have a good time and feel welcome and really show a Southern hospitality uh, to the globe. Now what's happening on the course now, of course, um, last year, well, this past tour season, like, like, we, like we had said, uh, the PJ tour didn't come by. They went over to Maryland instead in lieu of the idea that, Hey, we're putting on a insane event. The grass has to grow. Things have, have to get wild. What's the course looking like? We talked a little bit about realignment. Everyone knows the green mile from the bolt from the Wells Fargo 16 through 18. It's going to come up a little bit sooner than, than everyone's sort of uh, looking at. I think Jordan Spieth called it a, almost a punch in the mouth, uh, knowing that, that they have to go right up to it immediately. Um, so tell us about the grass. Tell, about, tell us about how, like, how it's growing, how the actual course is laying out, um, playing longer, shorter than, than usual with the realignment. What's it looking like? Yeah, so the, the biggest difference is the grass itself. Um, usually Quail Hollow, we are for for some of these real golf nuts and grass nuts out there um shout out to first of all shout out to our agronomy greens and grounds maintenance crew whatever you want to call them uh they are the best they are the best here yes seriously they they really make the show run um as as much as you know i think day to day in a country club life uh the golf staff seems to do a lot i mean those greens and grounds guys are are, are really what makes the club run uh, playing service. It doesn't matter how good a golf staff runs a tournament. If, you know, those greens aren't good and those fairways aren't green and the ref, you know, if, if it doesn't look good and doesn't play good, more importantly, guys aren't going to have a good time. So shout out to them first and foremost. Um, 
they've been working their tails off for a very, very long time. One thing I will say, I believe Quail Hollow has full-time employees on their greens and ground staff. I believe it's around, I think it's, I think the number is 34. I feel like I should know that number, but it, it's right around 34. And I think most, uh, the average number of full-time, that is employees on green and ground staff at most golf courses around six. So we, so, so they put, we put a lot of effort into our golf course. Um, a lot of changes happening constantly, you know, hosting all kinds of different events, but the grass is the most, is the biggest difference that you're going to see year to year uh, from the Wells Fargo championship. So usually we're a Bermuda grass golf course. And usually in late October to early November, we are overseeding our, our golf course with uh, a, a rye grass, which is a cooler season grass, which you find more in the Northeast than you do in the Southeast. Um, it's very hard to maintain one of these cooler season grasses in the Southeast over the summer. It just doesn't happen. You know, the grass is, you know, it's extremely one expensive to run as much water as it is. And they're just not as tolerant to the heat as a Bermuda grass uh, is, is in the Southeast. So Bermuda is king pretty much here in the South. Um, we usually, when you watch the Wells Fargo, it is overseeded with ryegrass. So we pretty much overseed. We plant this seed in, like I said, late October, early November, and uh, it germinates. It takes about a, a week to 10 days really to germinate. And they take very good care of it throughout the winter. And when it starts getting a little warmer and grass like that, like that really loves their 60 degree temperatures it really starts to pop and they do an amazing job with this like kind of grass that's very similar to actually what augusta national plants on their golf course um, and they mm -hmm. make it as, as great as possible so they usually leave that for the wells fargo in may and not soon after they're spraying the golf course to kill the ryegrass and transition it back to bermuda for the summer what's different about this year is last october and or november they did not overseed so knowing that we're not going to have a tournament in May and it's going to be in September where they would have to maintain grass through the summer, they're not planting a cool season grass to maintain throughout the summer. So they did no overseed. It's going to be full Bermuda and they've only done it one time before, which was for the 2017 PGA championship. Obviously back then it was played as the last major of the year uh, in August. So they did not maintain any of this cool season grass throughout the summer. So they spent an entire year focusing on the condition of this grass where usually it's half the year because half the year it's ryegrass and half the year it's Bermuda. So that's the biggest difference is that it is going to be a full wall-to-wall -wall Bermuda grass golf course. So I'm looking at it now uh, because I couldn't recall uh, what, what, what particularly happened back in 2017. Final score – the winning score, Justin Thomas, eight under par for the week that week. Uh, scoring average was like 74, which is like obscene uh, for a course like Quail Hollow. Do we expect something similar in terms of the ability to actually score? Or are guys going to actually be able to um, do comparable what they usually do uh, every May at Wells Fargo? Yeah, so that, I mean, it, that, that is a great question, Steve. Um, so definitely it is, that's where it really gets fun. So we compared the Wells Fargo to the PGA Championship, where it was a ryegrass golf course versus a Bermuda grass golf course. And uh, the President's Cup is going to play different from both of those. 
So I believe, I mean, Wells Fargo is, uh, I mean, Coil Hall is not an easy track to get around. Um, I, I can't speak for every single year, but I know at least in 2021 when Roy McIlroy won his third event at, at the Wells Fargo, I believe he, I can't remember, he bogeyed the last hole to shoot 10 under, I believe, or either he was at 10 and he bogeyed the last hole. Phenomenal bogey, by the way to shoot nine under it was it was one of those two he either went on 18 at 11 or 10 and he bogeyed and but that's a pretty low score whether it's 11 or 10 or nine to for a winning score at a non-major championship golf course you know on the on the pga tour think about how many times you see 18 under as a winner or even in the 20s sometimes 30s you know so that's a big difference. So the biggest thing where Quail Hollow made it so hard during the PGA Championship was they grew, they grew the rough out pretty pretty substantially. And the greens always play firm and fast. It is Quail Hollow year in and year out is the hardest greens to putt on from mm-hmm. three to six feet right in that range. Um, that happens to do with uh, the, the way the grain on Bermuda grass grows um, on our greens. It it grows in some pretty wild directions. Sometimes it's up the slope is going to be down grain, which you really don't find on most Bermuda green uh, golf courses. But the difference this week is, so a little bit of insider info. So the president's cup, the home captain, obviously if you're on an international stage or if you're on a national stage here in the United States, as as we would call it, um, the home captain gets to decide has a big say in what the condition of the course is going to play. And Davis Love the third is uh, actually, he's looking forward to having the course play firm and fast, which is not something you usually see at Quail Hollow. So we have our rough substantially down compared to the PGA championship in 2017 and even farther down and a different grass than what you usually see year in and year out for the Wells Fargo. So the, the rough is about it's a it's about a an inch one point uh, an inch and a seventh okay. so of uh, of what it is so it's a it's not too deep you're not gonna see balls go off the fairway and go out of sight of the camera but what you won't be able to see where you can look forward to is uh, some flyer lies so flyer lies are pretty much they're balls that sit just enough down in the grass where just enough grass gets between the club and the club face when you're hitting a golf shot. And it pretty much creates a knuckleball with not a lot of spin where usually if you have less spin, the wind affects it less and it's harder to control once it hits the ground or on the green. So it's going to be very tricky to judge the lie of the golf ball this week at the president's cup. But at the same time, I mean, those guys playing are, they're pretty damn good. So those guys are going to be able to judge it pretty well. So they want the combination of it being a tricky course and different to think about it strategically as they've seen it in years past, as well as they want the rough a little bit shorter. And they want to see some birdies. You know, this is match play, mm-hmm. very different from stroke play. If we tie a hole with a birdie, that's going to bring up the entertainment value of the event. I cannot tell you how many times this summer at Bethpage I've had these flyer lies and I'm like hitting a six iron, like, I don't know, about 190 yards, I would say. 
And, I, and I'm like, all right, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm like 200 from the pin. I'll sit it short, let it kind of roll out. I'm hitting the ball 210 yards. I'm like, what the hell is, that? Yeah. What is going on? I haven't been to the gym in like two weeks. Why it's am I hitting simple. these things? It's uh, now granted, I can't fly. I can't flight down my golf shots like anybody else can. Um, I suck to, to be for basically the most blunt. Um, but yeah, should be a quite the show. Funny you actually mentioned um, how difficult the the greens are to putt on. I was the, the best stat that I saw this week. Quail Hollow is the hardest traditional uh, yearly course that isn't a major and isn't one of what like the premier events of the waste management, the Genesis and others to be to, uh, to play on. Harder than some majors. I think there have been some years that that, that it's been harder to putt there than at Augusta, and everyone knows mm. all already the Masters is the Masters, so it's it's challenging to. Uh, overtake them in any regard. Um, but yeah, great insight. Love all that. Makes sense why Davis Love wants to kind of go this way. Has some of the best Bermuda grass and fast putters on the planet. Xander Schauffele, uh, of course, Sam Burns. Known back in the old day at LSU as Bermuda Burns. Love playing in the Deep South. Billy Horschel, a Florida guy. They all kind of know their way around the course. And Isn't it makes it? sense, That's too. That's a big one, too. That guy doesn't play on golf courses on the PGA Tour that aren't Bermuda. Yeah, it's 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 actually insane, and I think like like between Burns, Horschel, and Schauffele, they have like combined uh, strokes gain putting by like I think fifteen strokes in comparison yeah. to Matsuyama, Scott, Adam Scott, and I think the third guy on the list was Tom Kim. Don't know why they added him on. There's more. Uh, there's more better known players than him. Regardless of the point. Um, yeah, this they, we're gonna talk more about the actual matchup itself, but um. The the course already seems like it's going to be uh, quite quite the fight. And going going back to what you said on Roy Malfoy, he did finish uh, at ten under that year. So because the, because they didn't play here last year, do we expect any sort of um, changes in terms of the way players kind of see things? Because it is a different course, but it is like traditionally you you play a track every single year. You go to places like Riviera, you go to Scottsdale, you go across the country, and you kind of know these tracks pretty well, unless there's these major changes. Do we expect the year off to kind of take a toll on, on, on some of these players? Or from the practice rounds that you watched, do they kind of seem to already get the gist of what's going to happen this week? So that, that's another great, interesting question that we can dive into. Is uh, I mean, you have a good combination here. of uh, Obviously, a lot's happened this year in the game of golf. Um, especially, I mean, on the international side, that's that's where a lot of the focus is where yeah some of these guys have i don't know take some money and they go to something that in my opinion which is a whole other subject that we can i'm happy to dive into but uh, <laughs> you know may or may not better it probably doesn't better the game of golf but they've had a hard time on the international side now i really feel for trevor immelman he's such a such a great guy and um, has had a you know he's, he's worked his butt off for a long time, for two whole years, um, where he found himself in one. If you haven't heard the story of how Trevor Lewin got to be captain of the President's Cup, it's it's worth a little bit of research. Um, it came to him as, you know, just as shockingly as it really came to the rest of the world. So it's, it's a pretty cool story. But he's had a very, very hard time. And the U.S. side, Davis Love has had a hard time as well but has had a very, very hard time, you know, picking a team, you know, where you have guys where you don't know if they're going to be eligible to be picked or not eligible to be picked. So that I think it's very interesting. Both sides have quite a, a bit of experience, probably the U.S. more than the international for sure. 
But both sides, which is very interesting, has a, have a lot of rookies. So you get into these guys. You know, Morikawa, yes, he's had some experience in the Ryder Cup last year on their total beatdown of Europe, which is pretty shocking for that event. But he's never played a President's Cup against, you know, a whole other slate of top players in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Sam Burns that's had a phenomenal season. You have Max Homa, who's had not only an incredible season, especially last week, whether, you know, regardless of how that tournament ended, he played great week in and week out. Not to mention uh, he likes Wells Fargo, and uh, his first win on tour came at the Wells Fargo, and uh, he likes he likes the track. So both teams have a lot of fresh, young, non-experienced players that I think will make it a lot more competitive than people are actually gonna gonna think. Gotcha. So, speaking of uh, the actual players that that, that are going to be in the field, and, and yeah, we'll talk about um, the live controversy. I mean, how, how could you avoid it uh, right. with the name tour being taken off these rosters? Dustin Johnson, Cameron Smith, Joaquin Neiman, even even someone towards the back end like Louis Ustazen. Now, granted, he's still a great player, but Going from Louis Uzeisen to Taylor Pendrith is a gigantic gap when you really think about it. Despite despite uh, Pendrith, to his credit, of course, one of the best players from the Corn Ferry Tour in years prior. But looking at, at the practice rounds, you've been watching them, keeping a pretty close eye. I saw a video on your Snapchat of Tony Fina. It took 30 years to hit a golf ball. <laughs> uh, have either side kind of hinted at any sort of pairings? Of course, we know Spieth and Thomas love each other. Uh, the old photos of them. Them as kids, there has been uh, well. Jordan Spieth said it in an interview. Um, I was laughing about it on my train on the train ride home. Uh, golf power couple this week. He said, "Well, Patrick and Xander are probably going to be holding hands at the, down the fairway." So, in terms of the, the players that are going to be paired up and matching up, and, and in a regard, even in, in singles, uh, what are some possible pairings you've been seeing uh, on the course? If these guys have even really been um, hinting at it to you guys. Yeah, so, I mean, these guys have really just got in on Monday. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, there's, a lot of, there's, there's a lot of thought that goes miles and miles past what even me, I would consider myself as, you know, normal. Like, these guys put in so much thought. And Trevor Immelman and Davis Love III have been analyzing every single one of these guys for years. Uh, analyzing data they have data guys that are you know creating you know data that they can use for the president's cup like in match play and all sorts of formulas about who would you know play well together in a million times playing together who one of the two combinations that are most likely to shoot the lowest scores in certain formats and i mean it, it is it it's a mathematical process and then on top of that, it's a it's a relationship. You know, golf comes down to it is really a people business, whether that's on the business side of things like myself or on the, you know, player side, like the guys here in the President's Cup. Um, you're going to see your Justin Thomas, Jordan Speed. You're going to see your Patrick, Patrick Cantlay, Xander Shoffley for sure. Um, but those are really the ones I'm, I'm very interested. You know, it could it could change. You know, we obviously have one more practice day tomorrow. Um, the way that they do practice rounds in the president's cup. And I believe the Ryder cup as well, or are, are, are very intriguing. There's no tea times or anything. It's kind of come and go as you please today. 
the international team was only allowed to practice for two hours. And the United States team was actually allowed to practice for pretty much as long as they wanted. Um, they really only practice up until early afternoon, and that will be swapped tomorrow. So the United States team will only be have a limited practice, and the internationals will be able to go out on the course for as long as they want. But they're expecting it to probably just only go until early afternoon as well so that they can you know, have their rest and mentally prepare and be ready to go for Thursday. Um, so things now, can change. My, I'm very interested yeah. to see in what what kind of pairings that they're that they're going to have, especially on the international side. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, typically from what I know from obviously Olympic events and also um, even like take the Zoda Classic, we've seen a lot of these combinations like match up. Even the QB shootout, we kind of have hints. Uh, what was it? I think Shoffley and Cantley had like a, a two rounds of. Sub sixty, I think. Yeah. Last year, directly something like obscene. Um, a lot of guys usually. I was saying this on our show a couple weeks ago. National nationalities kind of matter here. Uh, Immelman has said like, oh, a lot of the guys are kind of getting along. Different cultures are, are kind of vibing. But let's be honest, Corey Connors, Taylor Pendrith makes sense. Um, Sun JM, Sibu Kim makes sense. Yeah. You, yeah, there's going to be a little bit of deviation. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure where some of the lower ranking guys are going to kind of fit in, but. Um, we'll certainly be seeing something on those lines, but getting into more of that international field and even some of the um, American side, I was joking around with my co-host Ben, who actually is a pro golfer, and I was talking to him about the idea of the USA is just so stacked, and you could put any one guy against any one international player, and I think with maybe the exception of, of Hideki Matsuyama on a really good day, Sanjay M, when he isn't birdie bogeying every single hole, I was saying that the international team might not want to point. Um, of course, losing Cameron Smith and Joaquin Neiman, and I, again, I'm going to rattle off these names a ton of times, due to live. do you think that it's possible that the USA can even just like sweep one, one singular day, maybe the first two days, uh, having the, those um, team match plays? Could we see a day where the USA team just takes all four points and just essentially runs home with the entire day uh, and possibly the tournament in just one swoop? So, I mean, I'll never say something is impossible. And as much as I would love to see that, I, I just, unfortunately, I, I don't I don't actually see that happening. Um, as much as, you know, these guys, and there's a lot of stacked American talent, and obviously the Americans' uh, resume for the President's Cup in 11-1-1 one one, uh, speaks for itself, I find it pretty hard, hard to believe um, – that they're going to just come out and absolutely destroy this international team. I don't, I don't think you should really sleep on this international squad, uh, regardless of kind of all these live guys going, this international squad has a pretty special atmosphere around them. Um, obviously they haven't been super successful in president's cup of the past, but they, they've played well. If you look at the last president's cup showing in Royal Melbourne in Australia, the United States were getting killed going into Sunday and they just had an unbelievable singles match day for the ages to come back and, and win. Um, but the, the past kind of two presidents cup with Ernie Ells being the captain and Trevor Ilmaman, these two South Africans that have been very close, they've rebranded the entire international team, new logo, you know, really rebranded there. There's a different kind of spark 
to this international team that I think a kind of an X factor that are, that is looked over constantly in in the light of this live golf and and everything. I mean, you have guys like one guy that needs to have highlight. You need to watch this guy this week, Tom Kim. This guy oh, yeah. is a phenom. He is an incredible golfer. He's been a, a professional. He's been playing professionally since he was 15 years old. Um, un, unbelievable. You listen to this kid's mentality. It's crazy that I'm calling him a kid. Uh, he's like, I he's mean, he probably is, years, though. Yeah, he really is. But, I mean, he's, he's known nothing but professional golfer the last five years. And you turned him when he was 15. And you listen to a couple of interviews with this guy. And he's like, you know, I really never felt like I didn't belong at these events, which is mm-hmm. yeah, it's a little dangerous. You know, you, you got these guys and I, I'm a person that I've always been against the term, nothing to lose, right? The international team doesn't have nothing to lose. They got the president's cup to lose. That's not nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they, these guys want to go out and win just as badly as the Americans want to go out and win. So, I mean, I don't think a 4-0, 4-0, 4-0, day or, you know, these matches, I, I believe it's it's five matches Thursday, Thursday, Friday, 10 matches Saturday, 12 Sunday. Um, I, I don't think there's going to be, I don't think you're going to see any sweeps or anything. Um, guys are going to play well. So, yeah. Now, I, I, I'm going, I'm going to admit I may have had a skip Bayless moment when I said that. Um, it, it could be one of those like, hey, let me get a rouse out of the one pro athlete that I talk to on a weekly basis. Yeah. Who just honestly, just totally craps on me uh, at every opportunity he gets. Uh, and he most certainly took his stride. Uh, but at the same time, though, it's like you, you can't deny the fact that this American side is just so strong from top to bottom because they're also different than going back to the Ryder Cup, right? Colin Morikawa was top of his game. One of the one of the best players in the world, JT, was still on that consistent top twenty streak. He was rolling, but wasn't really getting the wins. Dustin Johnson was the best player in the world, and the only guy they had to worry about was really John Rahm, and he didn't even play. So right. it's the idea that like you're looking at at the significant turnaround here, where now you have the real number one player in the world who's just who's eons better than everybody else, and it's kind of scary. You have guys on the back end. Colin Morikawa finished, but like 22nd, I think it was, uh, in Venice Cup points. And he's still one of seven players to have two majors by 25. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max Homa had, I think it was like a like 15 or seven or eight top 15s. Cameron Young, it seemed like, how could he not win an event this year? It seemed almost impossible. And it could have been even harder because Will Zalatoris is hurt. Imagine yeah. you have Will Zalatoris in, and, and even like for, for S's and G's. Kevin Kisner, great player, phenomenal player, plays like a he's basically as close to a um a rock in terms of where he sits in the standings every single week. You take Kevin Kisner out or Billy Horschel out and you put Will Zalatoris in, it could be even more of a route. Now, granted, this is all talking in um obscene hypotheticals, but there's no denying this American side is is just absolutely incredible. And I think the international team has potential. Um, these are guys who they're very young. Christian Bazaden, who if he putts really well. The guy makes birdies in bunches. Same thing with, with, with Pendriff. Corey Connors can't putt to save his life. He's, I think he's one of the worst statistical uh, putters on tour. But when he putts well, he's in contention every single week. And he still manages to finish top 20 when he loses four strokes in the green. Because he yeah. gains like seven off the tee, which is ridiculous. So uh, there's potential here, more, more than anything else. 
Yeah, no, but, I mean, it, speak, yeah. it speaks a lot to the, the American side of things. I mean, think about how strong the game of golf is in America these days. I mean, these guys in live, I mean, they can, they can go play next man up mentality for the United States. Absolutely. There are plenty of guys behind you that have had a lifelong dream of playing in a Ryder Cup or a President's Cup. They are ready to go. Max Homa, had, he just won the PGA Tour last week you need to, for the fifth time. It was, the, I guess, the third time and just in a calendar year exactly because he mm-hmm. defended his championship at Fortnite. This, you know, so three times in a calendar year. And, I mean, the guy's ready to go. He's a rookie. Yeah. Kevin Kisner. I mean, probably, you know, there are some guys who have gone to live that probably would have kept him out on the spot. Regardless, they're gone. You know, it's next man up. The next, the most important shot in golf. I'm sure we've all heard this. The next nice one. You know, so it's like they're ready to go. You know, Kevin Kisner, talk about a guy, talk about a great captain's pick. Guy who loves playing on Bermuda grass. I mean, his record at the Dell match play suits itself. The guy's the match play assassin, you know, so the guys are ready to go. Um, But I I don't want to sleep on the international team. There's a lot of talent over there. But I, I do think that how deep, the American side goes how many, I mean, you could have whoever wants to go to live can go. The American team is going to show up to a president's cup or a Ryder cup with an extremely strong squad. And they're going to be the favorites at, at this point in time in the game of golf, yeah. which I I'm very passionate and proud about as a, as a PGA professional, my kind of life goal is make sure not people aren't only enjoying the game wherever I am, but um, to make sure that I'm growing the game. So to have the game in this strong of a position with all the, controversy that's gone around it is is very you know it's settling and like not for nothing kevin kisner as your 12th man is pretty damn good uh yeah. i wouldn't i like like i wouldn't put it past anybody to say probably a future captain or um yeah, i would agree like, like a future leader of rider cup teams of president's cup teams to come so certainly uh a, a lot of riding here we have to get going but a couple one final thing i want to get your take here on each side the MVP for each team, the highest point getter, and your sleeper pick to just dominate this week on both sides. Yeah, so I'll say. So we'll go. What did you say again? Running through that again. Your MVP. MVP side, who do you think uh, will have the most points in terms of like, like, like points responsible for? Yeah. Uh, and then your sleeper play of the week. Yeah, so let's see. All right, we'll start with, obviously, MVP for the week. Um <laughs> It's hard for me, you know. I'm, I'm all I've bought into my my job here at Quail Hollow for the USA team. My MVP of the week has got to be Justin Thomas. I mean, the guy has won a major championship here, and this is the next biggest event. And honestly, argue uh, maybe not you know history wise bigger, but architecturally and infrastructure, it is uh, just about the PGA Championship, which is a big tournament in 2017. Was about two thirds the size of the infrastructure bills here at the President's Cup this year. My God! So, I mean, and and as a vocal leader on the team, and one of the, as young as he is, one of the more experienced people on the squad. Uh, I look forward to to him playing very well at Quail Hall. Awesome. The other gonna chugging beer. Yeah, on the uh, on the on the international sides, VIP. Um, it's a little harder. I'm I'm gonna go with. I'm going to have to say VIP. 
it's tough. I'm, I'm getting this VIP and the points getter confused, but I'm going to say VIP or MVP. I'm sorry, not VIP. You're good. MVP, uh, probably Hideki for similar reasons. I mean, this guy is – no one can argue how good Hideki Matsuyama is. I mean, he is a god in the Asian market of golf and for right reasons. You know what I mean? For He's the only, you know, Japanese player to win the Masters. Won X amount of times on the PGA Tour, and it's just a competitor. That guy is going to go out, and his mentality and tempo through his golf swing, and just that's – it works together. His tempo of his golf swing, it's exactly how his mind is working. So I, I, I look forward to Hideki being the most valuable player because of, one, he's going to play excellent out there, and two, even though his English struggles a little bit, he speaks like the very little English he speaks – it is very powerful when he does speak a little bit. Oh, yeah. So I look forward to him being your kind of val- valuable player on the international squad. Yes, then we move on to the points getter. Um, points getter, I mean, this I'm going to go on the American side. I'm going to have to go with, I'm going to go with the team. This is Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantley. I mean, these guys may not be your top two players in the world. They're certainly up there in the mix, though. Year in and year out, these guys are winning multiple times uh, in on big stages every year on, on the tour, it seems like. Like you, we mentioned earlier, Sub-60 and the Zurich Classic. Um, these guys, I believe it was described from uh, Harris English when they're in the Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits. Um, said that, you know, you're, our, our vocal leaders of experience are Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas, and our on-course leaders are Patrick Cantlay and Xander Shoffley. They have that quieter mentality, you know, kind of killer instinct. I look forward to them. They're going to go out there. They're going to put points on the board. I would, if I was a captain, they're my first group. We're going to go out yeah. there. We're going to get some red, white, and blue points on the board. That's what's happening. Um, on the international side, points getters. Sung JM for people who haven't, I mean, it's hard not to have watched a lot of this guy's golf because he's in the top 10 every week on the oh, PGA yeah. tour. He makes the mo- more birdies than anybody else, you know, in match play in this kind of event, that guy's going to go out and make birdies. If he makes some bogeys, he's got another, one of the best golfers in the world on his team going to help him out with at least some pars, regardless of who he plays with. That guy's going to go out and make birdies in a team setting where if he has a hole, he's going to have someone to hold him up. That guy, his team, whoever he's paired with, is going to go out and is going to be very competitive for some points on the board. Um, Now we move to sleepers. United States, my sleeper, which may not seem like a sleeper, Max Homa. This guy is unbelievable at golf. He's a very different mentality than some of the other guys we described. I mean, on the golf course, you know, he might in past, you know, in the past, he may not be described as this guy who's killer instincts. If you've ever listened to some of his interview questions, I mean, he's a kid in the candy store out there on the PGA tour. You know, he thinks it's so cool that he's getting to play beside some of the best players in the world. And it has not changed as he's won more, which I think is a very, very unique mentality. But, also, but still dangerous, um, you know, to be out there on the golf course. For him to just be out there having fun and now have 
as recently as this last week, five wins on the PGA tour to validate what he's doing, what he does, you know, in his off season and mentality on the golf course in the middle of a competitive environment is a very, very dangerous combination. So he may not be quite the sleeper also has one at Quail Hollow knows how to play this golf course. He would be my sleeper as a rookie in one of these team events. Um, and now comes the, the easiest of these, you know, three questions on both sides, six questions. Sleeper, I love this guy. I cannot get enough of him. I cannot wait for this year on the PGA Tour. Tom Kim. This guy is unbelievable. Uh, he's been all over the world, like we talked about earlier. 15 years old, turns pro, has never felt. He played on professional golf tours in Asia as a 15-year-old. And people were other pros coming up to him, man, wow, it's great. And he kind of rubbed them aside as in like, I guess I'm 15 years old, but I feel like I deserve to be here. And I clearly do because I earned my spot and I am here. Uh, this guy is going to be phenomenal. He's played some great golf. Um, if you look at his, he hasn't had enough starts to really register him in some of these strokes gain stats this year. But mm -hmm. if he had enough to qualify, he'd be one of the best players in the world statistically. Um, I'm looking forward to not only him having a great year or a great week here at the President's Cup, a great year on the PGA Tour, and I think he's going to have a great career uh, over on this side of the, the world. And a, another guy who's dedicated to play on the PGA Tour and not in any other tours, his goal is to be here. Um, a great career, you know, so that, that's my sleeper of the week. Three stats about it, everything you said. Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantlay going into the Zurich last year were out-putting everybody in terms of, like, combined strokes game putting by 13 strokes. I bet him uh, – I bet the team to win that week. That was probably the easiest money I, I ever made in my entire life. Tom Free Kim, money. had he qualified overall for, uh, for scoring average? Scoring average last year, despite having um, – well, he had six top 25s, 10 made cuts – uh, but wasn't really until the back year where he really put out still had a scoring average of just above 69, um, which is like which is incredible in terms of the standard format. He was playing majority par 72 golf courses the entire way um, through. Obviously, finished third, third of the Scottish, uh, top 10 at the Rocket Morgan, and of course a 961 to win uh, at the Wyndham. Biggest thing though, and I loved that you made this point, Sun JM is like it, the, 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 there's something about him in match play settings now. Now. Again, I think he led, the, he led the tour two years ago in birdies and bogeys. It was a kind of weird. He somehow right. swung the pendulum both ways and still managed to finish top ten every week. Um, in match play settings, he's he's his scoring average is like under on average, which is obscene. Um, of course, he has teammates helping him out, but Sanjay M should should dominate. One guy who I'm surprised you didn't mention though is Adam Scott, someone who's making his tenth appearance uh, at a Presidents Cup, which is also like kind of nuts. Um, very sad he won't be wearing a lot of tan at the same time, though. I'm sure he'll be able to um, absolutely dominate. Everyone, Austin Hill, for joining us this week. Absolutely incredible, Austin. You you gave us some awesome insight. Really excited for this week. Should be absolutely incredible. Thank you for coming in. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Steve. I mean, this was, this was uh, a great experience for me. I'm glad to have shared some of the insight. I mean, I could talk about golf for, for days on hand. So, you know, if you ever have any other questions, please reach out to me. I, I'd love to talk again soon. Let's not let this uh, go be our last conversation for as long as the last one. So, Absolutely. Folks, Austin Health, assistant pro at Quill Hollow Club, President's Cup this week. Go enjoy. Let's hope we see a big USA victory.
Thanks for listening to Get in the Hole, the official golf podcast of Underground Sports Philadelphia. Catch us every week wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and be sure to like and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Get in the Hole Pod, and follow Underground Sports Philadelphia at Underground PHI. We'll see you next time, and remember, Get in the Hole!